and action right off the jump. Who are you and what do you do? My name is Sky Casper, and I am an events producer, LGBTQ plus events producer, and entertainment agent and manager. Okay. Unpack that a little bit for me. So I produce a lot of pride festivals, drag shows, um, queer comedy shows, all types of different events for the community. And um, I also book entertainment for clubs, um, weddings, kind of anything. Pride festivals book me to book all of their entertainment and put a great diverse lineup together and um restaurants book me to to bring in a good show and just have fun with us okay Mm -hmm. so how did you get into that uh it all really started as like a hobby or it was like something fun like producing an event for all my friends to come to and then i was like well i hate my job so maybe i'll just quit it and do this you know it was going really well and um it's still going great and it's just like naturally coming um getting bigger and bigger and it's awesome and exciting and fun yeah that's great yeah that's how it should be right well yeah it's not always so natural i guess you know sometimes well i mean there are the struggles here and there of course (laughs) how so uh sometimes events are slower than others you know when and then um, during the summer, it's hard because a lot of people will travel outside of Connecticut and they're not necessarily going to events in Connecticut. So that's a struggle sometimes. So are all of your events in Connecticut? Um, no, we are expanding pretty rapidly at this moment. Um, I've done events in Boston, Providence, upstate New York. Uh, we do things in Springfield and Northampton. Uh, we're kind of all over the place. So are you... A performer as well, or do you solely? No, I leave the talent to the the talented. Okay. <laughs> I like to showcase the entertainment and okay. and um, give them opportunities to shine and new audiences and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank for you for having me. For multiple reasons. One of the big reasons is because I think drag shows are fucking fantastic. I've always loved them. I've always thought they were fabulous. Um, and I think right now they're getting a bad rap. Then I think that I lived in New York and LA for a long time. Um, but my first drag show experience was my mom when she was going to Smith College when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school and she took me to a drag show in Massachusetts near Smith College mm-hmm. uh, back in the 90s. So I've seen them. And we've been very open about the world and everybody's different. I can't think of a word for what the differences are, but the difference of people, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the magical differences that there are in the world. And then I lived in New York and worked in the West Village. And if anybody knows anything about the West Village, that's a very LBTQ neighborhood. That's Mm -hmm. their their stomping ground. We're just visiting. (laughs) Honestly, it changes like every few years. Yeah. New York is very LGBTQ friendly overall, I yeah, would say. Yeah, overall. In general, it is. Yeah. And I think Hollywood is too. Like I lived mm-hmm. in LA. I think LA is pretty. Yeah, I mean, we run, we kind of run shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, which is good. Like it's, I don't, I don't, I think whoever's good at entertainment should run it. Like I think, so I, what I want to do though, is I want to unpack conversations that are being had from a very novice, uneducated point of view in it. Mm-hmm. So I can, I'm a believer in conversation is how we begin to understand. Words are are used to explain and showcase and understand where people are coming from and why they're, why they do what they do and how they do what they do, yeah. right? And there's a lot going on in the LBTQ world plus, especially the plus part mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I have daughters. I have stepdaughter and I have my adopted daughter. They're both 15. Um, and it, it was a very, it was a culture shock for me to come back to Connecticut because 
I don't think Connecticut is generally bigoted. I don't think that they're closed-minded. I think that they are a blue state. But compared to New York and L.A., everybody's conservative. Yeah. So I would have conversations with people, and I'd be like, wow, you think that? And then I like, there's people that still to this day like haven't met somebody gay, and they're in their 40s. And I'm like, wait, what? How is that possible? Like, how did you not come across somebody with a different sexual orientation than you? How did you not come across somebody who's trans? How did you not come across somebody who, like, how did you just not come across individuals that have a different life style than you? And style is really, it's not even the right word because style implies that it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And for the majority, it's not a choice. There are people that do choose the lifestyle. I won't say that there isn't because there are. There's plenty of people that make that choice and say, this is what I'm going to do. And you go, okay, great. Good for you. But for, like, I I don't know you. I just met you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't get offended. So I don't really understand offended. So I should be taken with a grain of salt (laughs) because I don't, I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. I never want to hurt somebody. But I also don't understand, I understand the difference between being hurt and being offended. I don't understand why people get offended. I totally understand why people's feelings get hurt. And I totally never want to hurt people's feelings. Mm -hmm. But when it crosses over to the offended piece, that's when I'm confused. I'm like, well, why are we offended by it? Like, if you're offended, you're allowing the ignorance to draw you into a further category of hurt. Right? I almost look at offended as if it's the offensive version of hurt feelings, right? Whereas if I'm hurt, it's defensive. It's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. I'm sad or, or I can't believe you would say that about me. I trusted you. I cared about you and you hurt me. So when you, when you say offended, what do you mean exactly? Like, give me like a situation that you mean. So when people get angry, Mm -hmm. when their feelings are hurt, that's what I think offended is, Mm -hmm. right? It's the offensive version of hurt so you're talking about like the things that are going on with like the drag community where people are like offended that there's drag queens and stuff correct on both sides of the fence like the idea that you're offended that drag shows exist is we not you but the you the general you is offended that drag shows exist Mm -hmm. okay why are you offended by it why does it bother you Mm-hmm. Why did like why do you think that all of the schools in America are having drag reading hours? Like that's not a thing. Like does it happen? I guess. I mean, I've seen photos of it and some video clips maybe, but I don't know that that's a naturally occurring thing where they're like, "Hey, it's Tuesday drag read." Like that doesn't that's not a thing that I think happens in schools. I think that it has been happening a lot lately. Um and my I think the reasoning for that is because there are people that are growing up LGBTQ plus and it's really good to show them that they're not alone and that there's people representing them. And a lot of the books that these drag queens will read are like educating people on minorities, different minorities. Like I know the one in Southington. Okay. Southington out of all places um, had one of their books was about somebody with disabilities. And then one of them was about somebody that was just a little different than like everybody else, you know, and different books that just made everybody kind of feel welcome and realize that people are different and stuff like that. It's not necessarily like, I think a lot of the struggle with, with the people complaining about drag queen story hours is that they're ignorant. First of all, they don't really understand that these drag queens aren't the ones going to the clubs and wearing like little clothing or whatever. And it's not about sex. It's about entertainment. First of all, drag queens are mainly entertainers. Right. (laughs) Um, But they can also be very political. At first drag was very political and it still kind of is. And now, um, these drag queens coming in to educate these kids or just make them feel welcome. You know, it's not like they're forcing these kids to go to a drag queen story hour. It's optional. And if your family feels like 
maybe you'd enjoy it, you know, because who knows, um, maybe they have a sign, you know, they got a sign that they might be a little special or different and bring them to this would make them feel happy and like they'd really love it. And the end of the world, it's not the end of the world. It's literally just them going to a drag queen reading a storybook and I people agree. are like up in arms about it. And they just don't have it. Like you said before, they're not open they don't have these people in their life. They have no LGBTQ friends. So they are ignorant to like our lifestyle. And yeah, I think that's just about right. So that's where for me, you're like, I've seen your content and I know the shows you produce and I'm a fan of pink eggs and glam. I have not been yet, but we've continuously tried to get tickets. And every time, because we're last minute people, we end up not getting tickets because you're always sold out. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have to eventually plan for it better. Um, but again, we have teenage daughters that are playing sports and doing everything else. So it's like juggling 10 fucking things, but I want to go. Um, but I digress. So I want to unpack some stuff. And have your point of view on it, mm-hmm. because I have my own opinions as a straight white male who lived in multiple gay communities and have many gay and bi and trans friends in my world mm-hmm. that I've met throughout life. And I've been able to not only educate myself, but understand some stuff, but even stuff that I have a practical understanding of. For this purpose of this conversation, I want to ask some remedial questions and get your point of view on it and get your understanding on it. And hopefully we can help maybe educate some listeners that don't know or understand certain stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, what's the difference between drag and trans? So um, trans is somebody that wants to be, well, there's trans women and trans men. Um, so a trans woman is a man that wants to be a woman drag sometimes is kind of like their, uh, transition into realizing that they're trans, but that is not always the case. Drag is mainly about entertainment and a lot of them are attention whores, but (laughs) Um, it's mainly just entertainment. Um, but it does tend, it does sometimes, it is sometimes a transition for trans people realizing that they enjoy the aspect of dressing like a woman more than just for entertainment. So, uh, trans women are people that want to be women. Drag queens are mainly entertainment purposes. Makes sense. Yeah, and then trans men are women that want to be men. And then there are drag kings in the community that are... uh, Could be women that are dressing up as men, or it could be like a trans man that's dressing up just for the entertainment purposes of it, but they are trans as well. And that could also work the same way, where it could be the transition into uh, them transitioning. Makes sense. Um, so it's different for everybody. You know, you it, there's not one way. And drag is like anything these days. You could literally, I mean, we're literally wearing clothes is drag pretty much. Right. Like, uh, like RuPaul says, um, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, well, yeah. When you when I think of drag, I think of glamorous. Mm-hmm. Right. I think of men dressing glamorously. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of. I think of big hair. I think of. Big but it boob, could be big anything. Tits. It could be anything. Yeah. Right. It could be. But I'm just saying what I think of. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the fir- if somebody says, oh, we're going to a drag show. This is what I think of. Mm-hmm. I think of men dressed like Dolly Parton in chair. I don't think of, you know, a big guy in his living room wearing a teddy. Like I just don't like it's not. That's not what I think of. Yeah. Although they're both could be drag. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not here to. So in that, I'm operating under the assumption that you're gay. I've made this assumption about you. Yes, very gay. Okay, great. Uh, (laughs) Not that it matters. I just made this assumption about you. Uh, I also don't know. Where do you stand on the pronouns conversation? Like, do you, 
so do I assume that you go by he or him? I make that assumption. It may not be true. It may be. But I make that assumption when I look at you and I go, okay, he's a gay man. I He, him, right? Where do you stand on the conversation? Do you think that it's acceptable for people to make an assumption based on meeting somebody? Or do you think people should have to ask? I think that maybe it's just smart to like, if you're unsure, then you should maybe ask first before assuming. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so if they are kind of gender fluid, you should maybe ask um, what they prefer to go by. Um, but I actually, as a practice, use they, them in my daily um, talking just so that I don't assume. Um, that takes some getting used to, of course. But, sure. But, uh, and I know the average person does not do that and confuses somebody that might not be open or, or know too much about like pronouns and stuff like that. So. Um, I tend to say they, them, just so that nobody. And then I think you also travel in a, in a, what's a word, a thicker crowd of people that might go by they, them, or opposite pronouns. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the average person does not. Yeah. I I mean, most of the world does not even. Does not. Right. uh, Acknowledge they, them, you know. Right. But I think what you said is, I think that's the best way that I've heard it stated thus far is, if you don't know, just ask. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And where I get confused is, again, it goes back to offended or, and I think that if you tell me that you want to be they, them, or you tell me that you want to be she, her, and then I go, well, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. That's me being offended about something that doesn't even affect me. Yeah, for right? sure. Right, like that's me becoming offensive on the offensive of like, well, I'm not going to do that for you because you have a beard, so I'm not going to call you what you're not. Yeah. You have a or you have a penis, so and I, I have to make that assumption I haven't seen it. But we you know, I make that assumption. I like because that's how people work. We make assumptions and judgments almost immediately when we meet people. We go, "Okay, this is this is the category of this person. This is what we're what we're dealing with mm-hmm. right and i think almost everybody that has had an encounter with somebody that's trans at some point has been like i don't know is that a man or a woman right and they're that and that's an okay thing to do it's okay to have an internal conversation and or a private conversation and go man is that a man or a woman i don't know why don't you just fucking ask them yeah right like i don't think it's offensive to ask somebody Hey, what do you want to be called? Or like, there's there's ways to. Or what are or your pronouns? What are your pronouns? Yeah. Or hey, what hey, what's your name? Mm-hmm. Right, and then you go like, and then if your name's Jamie, it's like okay, well we're gonna have to cross another bridge now because yeah. that's a unisex name, right? So we have to you have to unpack things that matter mm-hmm. if it matters, right? If I'm just passing by somebody or I'm riding the train with somebody, I don't need to know like they're not in my life, like I don't need to make such a big investment in knowing the gender of somebody or what their lifestyle is or what they're, what they're going through in their world. There are plenty of people I pass by every day that I don't invest my time in figuring out all of their idiosyncrasies and their, and their do's and don'ts in their world. Mm-hmm. I just allow them to travel through their life and do their thing. It's when I think it's when people get stuck in a vacuum and they live in these bubbles of their hometowns or their home existence, and they don't get out in the world and they don't see enough of the world that they get caught up in. That's not normal. Well, no, it's not normal for you, right? Your not normal is not the same as my not normal. If you live in a farming town and everybody has cows, it's normal for you all to get up and feed cows at five in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's fucking weird to me. It's not normal for me to get up at five in the morning and feed cows. Yeah. Right. It's, and that's, that's a lifestyle. That's something that you do. Like that's your world. Like I don't, it's, and I don't think people break it down in logical terms when they start to look at people and their differences. Like, yes, is that normal for you? Maybe. Is it not normal for you? Maybe. I think more people need to operate under maybe than definites. I think, um, one of the struggles is that there's a lot of not just ignorance, but ignorant 
ideas that are said to them in like their circles because they have everyone that's straight. Like everybody yeah. surrounding them is straight and they just know th rumors or like um, stereotypes about the queer community. And uh, that's, that's where it comes in too. Like when they meet that person, they're like, Oh, you know, like I've heard about that, you know, or like, Right. That's strange or whatever the case may be, but we're literally like them except for we do some different things. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, which is, again, like, it's it's just such a weird thing in general to to overthink other people's lifestyles. It's, mm -hmm. it's To me, it's just a weird thing to be like, well, I have to know. Like, I don't care if a dude wants to marry another dude or a, or a woman wants to marry another woman. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't directly affect my world if that happens. And then when people get all caught up in the whole idea of like, well, it's going to affect my child. Really? How? I don't understand that. Like, like the ignorance, like we're talking about the ignorance of it, right? The ignorance is in the lack of conversation with people that live a specific way. If you want to learn something, you have to talk to the people that live that way. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what it is to be that thing. Right. It's like the aha moments that you see in some of these reels on TikTok or, or Instagram or wherever, where it's like, oh, well, you chose to be gay. And it's like, well, when did you choose to be straight? If you didn't choose to be straight, then how can you say somebody chose to be gay? Right. Like I didn't make a conscious choice to be like, I think I'm going to like girls. I'm going to go that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I think that I have given thought to to being gay only because I was surrounded in gay communities where I was like, I want to think about how that works. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, how do I know that I'm not yeah. was more the question. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, I just, I'm not into it. Like there's just, it's not appealing to me to kiss boys. Yeah. It's not appealing to me to be sexually involved with boys. And I just know that, like, I just know that that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't make sense to me when people get upset about it. It doesn't make sense to me when people, get viscerally angry about it like it's just it's a weird thing to do yeah to i me. agree it's just a weird thing for me so that's kind of where i want a lot of this conversation to be is that that idea of people think certain ways because they don't travel enough to learn things and they don't know enough because they don't ask in a way that isn't offensive mm -hmm. right yep um and then it's there's a lot of political correctness that goes into a lot of things. And I think it was Jeff Dye that said it, a comedian, that said it, you're not you're not politically correct. You're just current. Meaning that the words change constantly mm -hmm. that are appropriate. Mm -hmm. Right? What was appropriate in nineteen sixty versus nineteen eighty versus two thousand versus twenty twenty are all very different. Mm -hmm. Right? And queer the queer community is something that is allowed to be said now. Whereas there was a time in the nineties where it was like, you can't call gay people queer. You can't do that. Like that was inappropriate. Yeah. New generations create right. or, or accept or like, uh, what's the word when you like take back a word, right? You embrace it or you embrace empower it, yeah. it for yourself. You, 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 you know, there's multiple cultures and multiple words that I'm not allowed to say that I just won't say on here because I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Um, and I don't typically use most of them in real life, and I never use them in an attacking way on somebody that is that thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, to me, that's not – that's being mean. Yeah, when you're joking really with your friend – like, if, if I'm joking with my – so I'm if I'm with a bunch of my straight buddies – and I call one of them gay. Mm -hmm. I'm not calling them gay to offend the gay community. I'm calling them gay because I want them to know that they're like, how do I explain this? The joke is, I know for a fact you don't like touching penises as a straight man. Mm -hmm. I know it. It's kind of like the idea of like, I don't like touching snakes. I just don't like it. I think mm -hmm. they're creepy penises to me are creepy like i don't want to hold one like I, like i have my own i've touched it it's mine i can do what i want with it mm -hmm. but if you give me somebody else's i'm like no nah, i'm good mm -hmm. i need to hold it so if i call my buddy gay who i know doesn't want to touch other penises that's not me attacking the gay community 
that's me telling my buddy it'd be like me if he didn't like the color red and i was like you love red and he's like i actually hate red it's uncomfortable and i get that it's it's semantic and it's like mm, not really because it does offend other people and it is kind of saying you're less than because of this thing in a way yeah but it's not intended that way i don't think for most of the community that says it that way and that I doesn't make that, it okay i think that the most people that use are like using it as like a joke actually mean it as more of like an insult to that person right because they're straight and they probably have no queer friends and they're probably in more closed off areas of the country and they use that as an insult i think yes. like you're so gay bro or something like that you know what i right. mean um and i see where you're going with that kind of um, i'm trying to unpack it in a way that yes it is an insult but it's not an insult it's not meant to be an insult to you that's where I'm trying to figure out. But you're using it as like a word that is supposed to be insulting. To them. Yeah. Right. And this is where I want clarity, right? Because I am a guy that does that. I'm a guy that calls my 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 straight friends gay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll do it. I admit it. And, and I'm not doing it to be offensive to the gay community. Do However, you think they I are am... offended by that comment? No, they're not. Okay. They just see, think it's like funny. They think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Right? But I'm also a guy that crosses lines and is very inappropriate with sexual jokes too. Right? Like I like I've told multiple people that I'm pre jack gay is what I call it. And what that means is like, ah, I guess I'd jerk you off, but I'm not letting you come on me. Right? So it's like up to a line. Mm-hmm. And like I wouldn't do any of it, but it's the joke. It's like that's the joke. The joke is that I wouldn't do any of it, but it's funny to, to make you think about me doing it because you're straight and you're my buddy. Okay. Right. So it makes you uncomfortable. If I can make you uncomfortable and laugh, that's just a joke to me. My intention is not to hurt somebody else's feelings that isn't involved in my joke. My intention is to laugh with my buddies and make jokes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's hard for me to like, but that's why I want your opinion. Because on I'm it. not really offended by a lot of things and that, I mean, I understand that some people would be offended by that, but like, um, from your explanation, it kind of. Yeah, but this is the kind of silly. conversation I want to have to have it more understanding from your point of view, because you are gay. Yeah, that was kind of my point of view. Like, it's when people, the when the average straight person says, like, "Oh, you're so gay," like they, it's like saying. What would be an excellent like uh, example? Um, it's just like an insult word to them. I feel so it's different in your case, right? My case is different, but what, it's not the case for that's everybody, what right? Our uh, uh, I would think that most gay people's view on that would be right because you're using the term as like some sort of an insult, but may, not you, but maybe the average person that does do that. So my thing is, I don't think it's insulting to be called gay. Well, also. Even though it is. <laughs> but so, but I, so this is why I want to talk about it because I'm like, literally, I'm just having the conversation out loud with you for probably the first time of this conversation. And I'm recording it and being like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'm going to get canceled, but I can't be canceled because I'm nobody. So it is what it is. <laughs> so let's just have a real conversation about it. I don't think it's insulting to be called gay because I enjoy gay people. As a people, which is a weird thing to say even like that as I'm saying it out loud. But I enjoy being around gay men a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I find them to be enjoyable. I find them to be fun. The majority of the gay men that I've been around make me laugh and enjoy my life a lot when I've been around them. So something that something that I like to <laughs> say um is that it's very hard to be in somebody else's shoes yes when you cannot necessarily relate to them you know yes um so i'm i'm not offended by you calling your friend gay but but yeah that's yeah i feel like i was just going to repeat myself again um yeah i think that at the end of the day it doesn't matter if like 
you are offended by it because it's not it's not related to you. Does that make sense? Yes. So like um I could never compare to what a trans person goes through. Right. You know what I mean? And anything that offends a trans person, I cannot relate to. I can't go and be like, "Oh, I'm not offended by that." You can't be offended by that, you know, because right. they're a completely different person. They've gone through things that I can't even comprehend. You Absolutely. Know? So that's kind of where I what I think about it. It's kind of just like if you can't relate to it, then you can't be like, don't be offended by it. Right. And I'm not asking people not to be offended by it. I just like you said about yourself and I've said already is that I don't get offended. I legitimately don't do it. I get defensive. I get hurt, mm -hmm. but I don't get offended. I don't go on the offensive of you've hurt my feelings so much that I'm now going to become an, an outlashing victim of offense. And there are a bunch of people out there that now get vocally offended for other groups of people, which is also baffling to me. Like the, the group of people need to speak up for themselves and you need to stay out of it. In order for it to, in order for it to work properly, women's rights became women's rights when women stood up for women. And did they have supporters for men and other? And yes, they did. They had people that supported them. They had men that backed that up. Just like gay rights, there are straight people that support gay rights. And without the support, you can't get it all the way through. Mm -hmm. But the leaders of the movement need to be in that group of people. I would agree because they're the they ultimately know exactly what they want and right. some of those other people that are speaking for them without actually knowing exactly what they want could say some things that just are ridiculous and right. Um, but yeah, there's no no change in the world would be made if the people in power didn't support the changes that needed to be made. Correct. So. But the people in the group that want the change need to be the leaders and need to be the outspoken parties that are leading the group. They need to lead the charge, mm -hmm. right? They need to be the generals. They need to be the captains. They need to be, and then they have support and they have people in other communities that may already have those rights, like marriage, right? Like gay marriage. That's a, that should be just a human right. That should be you should be allowed to get married. And if you want to make the semantic argument that marriage is a church thing, then why are other people getting married outside of church? Mm -hmm. I got married outside of church. I don't like the church. I don't enjoy the church as a as a thing. But I have people that I love dearly that love church, so I respect their choice in loving it. I don't, you know, I don't call them a fanatic or a, or a cult or a whatever other term to to insult their group of people that go to church right like the, and there are insulting things that you can say about people that are religious mm -hmm. i choose not to because i have people that i love dearly that go to church in all kinds of different churches that doesn't mean that i like the church or religion or have to like it or enjoy it it just means that i accept what they've chosen to do with their life and what they believe in right so for me it becomes the more I can understand about why you do something, the more I can learn to accept it. I am, I am a strong believer that the lead with kindness movement is fucking annoying and stupid and uneducated. I believe that it needs to start with leading with love, following through with kindness, and finishing with gratitude. And that's kind of why I'm so excited to have you here is because in order for me to lead with love in this conversation, I need to have somebody in the drag community to have the conversation about the drag community. Hmm. I can't just sit here and have conjecture with my buddies or with other business owners or other people that are not in the drag community and talk about drag story time or stra drag shows or the drag community in general. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can have conversation, but it'll be uneducated and it'll be uninformed and I can be kind and say, yeah, let them do what they're going to do. Yeah. By all means, I support it wholeheartedly. Go for it. I can be kind. But if it doesn't come from a place of love, which is understanding and accepting, after you understand it, it's accept, it's it's accepting it, right? That's what love is. It's it's understanding it, so you can accept it. Then the kindness is literally an action. It's being kind, 
and and it's it's giving the support where needed and staying out of the way when it's appropriate. And then the gratitude piece is, well, I'm I'm grateful that this person is in my life and I'm grateful that they cared enough about me to share their experience with me so I could have a better understanding of it. So now I don't have to walk around looking like a fucking idiot, which I do plenty of on my own. I don't need to, to add to it, mm-hmm. right? So in the drag community, how did you decide that that's a community that you wanted to be involved with? Is it because you liked the entertainment industry or was it drag specific? Uh, Well, I went to a drag show in New York when I was younger, like eight eight years ago or something along those lines. And um, I just had a really amazing time there. And I was like, wow, they don't have anything like this in Connecticut where I was living and where I live. Um, And I just like went out of my way to start a drag brunch and it went really well. We had a ton of fun. I had like a few hundred people there maybe. And um, it was just a blast. And I was like, let's do it again. So I had another one and then it was just fun and uh, very successful, and I just continued to do it. I loved the art of it. I loved the entertainment. Um, and, yeah, it just, it's been going really well, and I still enjoy it, and I like finding new talent and introducing them to my fa- my event fans, I guess, if you will, uh, and my friends, and uh, I just like making people laugh and have a good time, and if I have to do it through a drag queen, then... I do it through a drag queen. <laughs> it's fair. Um, with uh, with your drag shows, have you had any pushback on them? Do you feel like they're very that most places are welcoming and open to them, or did you create a community of of restaurants and places that were open to them? Um, I think that I've done a little bit of both. There's been some restaurants that were like, wow, that's going to be amazing, you know? And then there's ones that are like, oh, we'll, we'll try it, you know? And then they, they see that it's a lot of fun and then we get a lot of customers in the door and, um, yeah, those ones don't tend to last with me. I tend to like the ones that are really excited about it and that like invest and they tend to have some queer people working there. So that's always nice because then my guests feel much more welcome because it's a drag show and all of that. Um, and um, where was I going with this? Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> people tend to be excited. Oh yeah, but I um I actually just had an event in Southbury. Okay. Um which had 340 people at it. It was very widely um loved by everybody, but the post went pretty viral around the area and had like 50,000 views. Nice. And it was natural views, so it just came from sharing and likes from different people. And there were so many comments on it, and it was a very colorful comment section um, where there was just people, like, so excited about it. And then there were people, like, as long as they stay away from our kids. And I was just like, this is not about kids. Nothing about this is kids. (laughs) Like, what is – what do you perceive the fear – in being around children is i think it's literally because they they see it as like an adult entertainment maybe but also uh some of me thinks that it's homophobia um it's also them worrying that their kids are going to be turned gay because of it obviously ignorance but um I don't know. It really depends on the person. I think it's just stereotypes that they've heard about through people that also don't have queer friends. You know, it's just like a very conservative um, community, I guess, that they probably live in. Yeah. I just still think it's weird. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. Drag shows are a lot like clown shows in a way. Yeah, they do whatever they can to make a crowd. Well, they're bigger, lots of makeup, much bigger, much funnier, 
um, a lot more in your face. You could compare a drag queen to a a clown. Yeah. Why do people feel like a clown is appropriate for their birthday party, but a drag show is not? Right. But then it comes back to, well, they are gay. Or, well, most of them are queer, I should say. Um, and maybe that has, that's the issue, you know, um, I know a for bunch them. Of, I know a bunch of gay clowns. Oh, do you? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think. Well, I, I was know. a clown with the Ringling Brothers. Oh. So, oh yeah, they're probably all gay. And there's definitely been more serial killers that were gay that that were that were excuse me Straight. there were more <laughs> serial killers that were clowns than drag queens. Oh okay. Well, also straight. <laughs> and straight. <laughs> well, well, they're all there, worried there are about definitely like, more straight serial killers that I know of. Because a stereotype about the queer community is that there's lots of. Um, um pedophilia pedophilia yeah in the community and i just think it's crazy because there's so many more like not to get into a crazy subject but like priests yeah there's like so many articles about priests turning well that's the thing is that pedophiles are not gay they're pedophiles and there's a big fucking difference in the two Mm-hmm. And the and the idea that you think a gay man is the same as a pedophile is one baffling. Mm-hmm. It's not they're not attracted to children. They're not attracted to like they're. Well, I mean, just like the straight yeah. community, there are them in our community, but it's right. not like a, a wide thing. Like it's of course, it's like maybe an equal percentage as the straight people. It's Probably. just that. Is there when, been a study on that, Tyler? I don't know. I mean, we're just like a straight person, except for we like the opposite sex, the same sex. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's right. We're no, we're not like that different up here. <laughs> well, it's that it's that idea of the the idea that drag queens are reading to children to groom them in some sort of yes, way. Yes, 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 and that's not how that works. That's not how any of that works, right? It's not a – I don't – The kids are also not being forced to go there. Right. But they're also not being read to in a way that's like, hey, being gay is super awesome. You should try it. Like that – I don't think that's a book. No. I don't know that that book exists. No, Maybe it does, but so. I don't think I don't think that's the one they're reading. There are some anyways. crazy people in this world, right? <laughs> Absolutely, there are some fucking weirdos in the world. But to the same point, it's that has nothing to do with their sexual orientation. That just has to do with who they are as people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what I'm talking about is the idea that there are people out there that think drag shows are grooming children or they're there's a, a majority of pedophiles in the gay community when that's just not accurate pedophiles are their own community for lack of a better word yeah but they are a community there are pages and support groups and all kinds of weird things that pedophiles do that are real and they are they are not good people they are not like i have no I have no love for that community. I have no interest in and even saying anything particularly nice about that community. I think it's a weird community and I think that they need help and I don't know enough about it to know where it comes from or how it got there, but it is clearly not the same thing as the gay community at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep saying gay community, but you keep saying queer community. Is there a difference? Yeah, I think that um, as non-binary and... Um, trans people have become more open to their transitions and their sexuality and going by they, them and stuff like that. Um, that a lot of the LGBTQ plus community, um, even if they're gay or lesbian, sometimes they go by they, them just because they're like, maybe they dress, um, they like to play with how they dress, you know, so they'll wear like some female things someday and then some male things the next. But um, maybe they're, it's just because they're open to it. Like crop tops have 
become very popular these days. And a lot of gay men like to wear crop tops, and that's not necessarily. Bro, I wore like, so many crop tops in the nineties. It, it was very popular back then. Yeah, eighties and nineties, bro. I wore t- so today, many. Today, though, shirts. it's not yeah. a thing for for men. <laughs> but I mean, I just was going through old photos, looking for something the other day, and there was definitely photos of me in the nineties in a full-on half shirt, <laughs> crop top, bam. I had abs back then. It would look silly now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not rocking that today. But it was a thing. Like, it's not it, – it's – and it'll come back around. It yeah. just will. Everything does. It'll just happen. Um, but, so, yeah, so queer kind of just encompasses everybody, I guess. It could mean anything uh, in today's – like, the Gen Z crowd really took – over the term queer i think millennials like kind of started it but gen z's really ran with it i feel why the word queer i don't know why the word why do they create any uh well i know why the word word queer became part of the gay community because queer the definition of queer i'd have to look it up but i think it means like Goofy or different. different. It means different. Yeah. Right. But in like a goofy way, like a. I don't think this. Well, I mean, obviously we've changed or use it in a different. Use it in a different context. Yeah. But it still means different. Yeah, I would say that that doesn't. That's it's not an insult. It is if you use it in a certain way, for sure. If it's like a straight person using it in a negative connotation. Right, and I think that's where. This is where I get not frustrated, but this is where I don't know if I'm smart enough to get past it (laughs) is joking to me is not necessarily insulting. Mm -hmm. It's joking. Yeah. And jokes have an insult piece to them, which makes them funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It has to be funny. It has to be funny. If it's not. If it's not funny, then it's just mean and rude. And it's like, yeah, you did like you missed the you missed it. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's where it's that's where I get stuck is like, yeah, but I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm doing it because in this moment, that's funny. I think it depends on your relationship with that person. I agree. You know what I mean? Because if I I mean, like, like I said, I'm not offended. If if I knew you really well and you said it and a group, I'd be like, you know, it'd be stupid and fun. Um, but if it's a stranger that's next to you and hears it, maybe they would take it more offensively because they don't know you and don't know how you meant it. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I'm also not at like a public event at a baseball game or something where my kids are playing going, that's gay. Like, that's just not like, we're not, because again, that's not funny. Like like, it has to be funny. Like it has to, in order for a joke to be a joke, it has to land. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's comedy. Did you look up queer? (laughs) <laughs> I just want to know what the actual definition is. I have this thing with words. I can't help it. You didn't look it up. You're unprepared. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Differing in some way than what is considered standard in society. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. I tend to use it because... I don't know. I think I'm like a, I'm like a, in the middle of Gen Z or millennial, but I'm actually a young millennial. Well, it's to me, it's interesting that the majority of the words that mean gay have a fun definition to them from the beginning. Like gay means happy, mm-hmm. right? So when people are like, oh yeah, he's a little gay, he's a little happy. Yeah. Like how is this a bad? Like how is this, now we're making it bad to be happy? Like I don't we're indicating that it's a bad thing to be happy, right? I don't think it's a bad thing to be gay. I think that we're using the word to indicate when it, when it, the origin of it, when they were like, Oh yeah, he's gay. Right. Well, also like, like the term fag means like a stick or something in yeah, like a bundle of sticks. And then it also like means that. a cigarette. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's a very common word for them to just kind of use. Mm-hmm. So it's, and obviously words mean different things state to state and country to country, like state to state, words mean different things like look at just the word soda soda pop mm-hmm. in louisiana they call it all coke and then they ask what kind they want did you know mm-hmm. have you been there have you been to louisiana 
No. I feel like you should. They have amazing drag shows. Louisiana. New Orleans? Oh, yeah. Duh. Um, no, I have not been yet. You should go. Hmm. You would love it. I mean, all Based my on queens come from New York City, which is like, yeah. they have drag sh- like. If oh, New York not, has amazing. If you drag make shows. it in New York, then you're doing something right. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And honestly, half of the RuPaul's Drag Race winners have been New York. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm not taking anything away from New York drag. Queens. They're definitely the. Yeah, but I'm just saying crumb. New Orleans in general has really good drag shows. Mm-hmm. I have to go, uh, and it's a really cool place. I don't remember why I brought it up at this point now, <laughs> but it does have all those things. Yeah. Um, ADD. It's fun. So how did you start Pink Eggs and Glam? And when um, did that start? That was the first drag show that I started um, after going to the drag brunch in New York. <clears throat> um, but Pink Eggs and Glam is a live singing drag brunch. So um, it's unique to the average drag show. Um, the first queen I had was Head of Lettuce. And she's like a legendary drag queen that's been doing it for like 35 years now, maybe. Okay. And um, she is a parody queen. So she writes her own lyrics to like other songs. And uh, they're a lot of fun. She was a blast to have. And uh, that inspired me to continue with the live singing aspect. And um, I've had some incredible queens on uh in pink eggs and glam some that have been on broadway and others that have been on america's got talent or rupaul's drag race um a lot of my queens have gone on to be on rupaul's drag race actually okay so um that's how it started and it's kind of toured around it's gone to different venues depending on how long it lasts and stuff i've been in new london for six years now at the same venue and um we're going to be bringing it back to west hartford um in the next few months where in west hartford do you know uh new park brewing okay yeah they just opened up a new space there and I've worked with them in the past on some comedy shows and stuff like that. So um very excited about that. I live in West Hartford, so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, very excited. So why Pink Eggs and Glam? Um, it was just like a silly and campy name. And when I heard it, I was just like, oh, that's fun. Like, it's just, it's like gay and fun. I loved it. And um when i released it everybody was like oh that's so cool you know and um people buy my shirts all the time and they love wearing it and whenever i'm walking out in public like some straight dude will be like dude i love your shirt and they have no idea what the hell it is they're just like pink eggs and glam (laughs) right you know so it's it's fun it's cute it's memorable yeah and um yeah it's just it's been nice to it's always been a good name yeah so how many different types of shows do you run? Um, so I have my Pink Eggs and Glam that I've toured many places. Sometimes I'll have month, um, a few a month in different locations. I also have um, like a drag extravaganza at the place to be uh, in Hartford, New Haven, yep. and Springfield once a month at each location. That is more of like a, a stunts and like... Um, bad bitch energy type of brunch like just like they're like super hot and they dance a lot they do death drops and splits and they like get on top of tables and it's like partying and it's very different energy from my pink eggs and lamb which is like a interactive cabaret if you will okay um but my host is like hilarious and there's a twerk off in the middle of the show you know that's kind of the vibe we go for it's like a party and it's really fun and then yeah and those are the two shows that you run currently um i book entertainment for west Hartford pride as well and um i've done i used to have a stand-up comedy show called gag reflex and um another one called the audacity <laughs> And uh, they're just, like, queer stand-up comedy shows with just, like, average queer people. Um, 
and I've had really I've had really good lineups. A lot of my comedians have gone on to go on the late night show and on Comedy Central and some of them write for like the Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. So um I've had really good picks of entertainment um to bring onto my roster and then they get too big and then leave me. <laughs> so you manage talent too. Yeah. So I manage one performer. So do you help them get work outside of your work? Yes. Yeah, so so I only manage Pangina Heels, who is an international drag superstar. She was the she is the host of Drag Race Thailand and she competed on um RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the World and uh, she was just announced as a new resident drag queen on the RuPaul's Drag Race Live in Vegas. So she'll be in Vegas for three months performing like eight shows a week uh, on this huge stage with five other RuPaul girls. Um, so uh, I manage her schedule and book her everywhere and okay do all that she's actually visiting for my birthday oh really yeah when's your birthday it was yesterday oh happy birthday thank you how old are you 25 <laughs> with a wink <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> you don't look a day over 24 thank you <laughs> <laughs> um and for anybody that wants to do math real fast, it was like 17 when he went to his first drag show. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good math. Good math. <laughs> um, is that true? Were you like 17 when you went to first? Were you no. a teenager? Oh. I was 17 when I went to my first gay bar. Oh, you were? Yeah. What was that experience like? It was... Uh, Actually, I think it was a private party. It was for like this gay softball league. Okay. And it was in New York and nobody was carding the people that were going into this private party and they were like serving everybody. Um, and there was a runway that, and um, there was like a competition. I forget what it was. It was like themed like, it was like a country themed party yep. or something because I was wearing a cowboy hat and uh, um, fleece shirt or something and um you got to like enter yourself into this thing and i think my friend like entered me into it and then i was like feeling myself after like one drink and um and then i picked like britney spears or something to like strut to down this runway and uh it was fun like i kind of i didn't feel uncomfortable like i it just kind of just like it was just like whatever it just okay. just went into it and it wasn't strange at all it was like maybe i would just belong there you know like it was welcoming when did you know you were gay that's like a hard qu i don't really even remember the time actually i do i do okay it was when i was like maybe 14 to like 16 oh like when sexuality starts yeah yeah. Okay. Um, and I used to play this video game online and <laughs> I just, I had like a little community of people and there was this cute guy that I was playing with and I just had this thing for him that, that I wanted to like talk to him and like, um, spend time with. And I didn't really realize like what it was. And then one day I was just like, I think I have a crush. And then I like broke up with my girlfriend because I realized I had that crush. Um, and yeah, it was all gay from there. What game was it? It was called Maple Story. What's that? It's. Um, do you know that game? It's a. Uh, what are they called? You know RuneScape? Everybody knows RuneScape. Like an adventure game? Yeah. It's like, like a. An RPG? What are they called? RPGs? Is like that where playing? you play other people? Yeah. With other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was an RPG. It's like an RPG it was like a huge quest. world. It was like you battle monsters and yeah. you do quests and stuff like that. So I used See, to this play is that. where my inclinations go. This sounds gay. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. It was like, gay. It's just one of, there were lots of gays. Right. Like, so that's the joke, right? And that's where it becomes a joke. Um, but that's awesome. Okay. So you're playing this game, you have this crush on this boy. Do you tell your parents? 
Uh, no, I didn't tell my parents. I, I actually had a very easy coming out. Like all my family pretty much asked me. <laughs> um, my, my grandma um, like came up to me one day when I was playing my game in my room during Thanksgiving and I uh, was like, do you think you're gay? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> might as well come out now. I had like a boyfriend at the time and I was like, yeah, I um, I actually am. And I have this boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, boy, do I have some stories for you? And I was like, what, Grandma? <laughs> and um, she was like, yeah, we used to go see the Gay Men's Chorus, and we used to go to P-Town, which is like a very gay, like, mecca of a town. And um, and I thought that was just, like, really cool and awesome. And then my mom asked me one morning if if this guy that I was seeing was my boyfriend because I was, wasn't shy about, like having them over and like staying over. Um, but I just never like talked about it with them. I was just like, can, can they stay over tonight? And they were like, yeah, sure. So maybe they knew for a while. And I used to have sleepovers with guys all the time, but I never was like attracted to them or never really like sure. did anything with them. Well, it was just like a friend type thing. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's what I don't think people understand is that you're not going to be attracted to everybody. Like you can have, and I think that's hard for straight men to understand in general because straight men will probably fuck just about anything yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Especially the the more ignorant you are, the more likely you are to stick your dick in stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean stuff. I don't even mean women. I just mean stuff. Like pies. Like there's just dudes that are just dumb as shit and they'll just stick their dick in anything. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's where it gets really confusing for them. To be like, oh, you can't have a gay friend because then you're they're gonna like you. And it's yeah. like that's not how that works. I don't think. Yeah. As far as I know, that's not how it works. I'm speaking out of turn by assumption, but from it all depends. the yeah. Obviously, you can become attracted to a friend. Yeah. It happens to boys and girls all the time too, where they end up growing closer and getting a crush on somebody and it becoming a thing. Um, so then. Your mom asked you, did your dad ask you or did your mom tell your dad? So <laughs> that's kind of, um, uh, well, my dad was like, why are you doing this thing for this guy? And what was the thing? Uh, it's kind of like personal. So okay. I didn't really Fair enough. Me mention it. Um, and I was like, well, he's doing that because of me, because we we're dating and et cetera, et cetera. And then he was like, wow, I just can't imagine somebody doing that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like he didn't even mention right. the whole like dating thing. He was just like, wow, I can't imagine they would go and do that. And it was, uh, we didn't really talk about it after like after that moment, it took a little while. We we brought it up another time, and he like makes sure he like says that he loves me all the time and that he's always there for me. If so, he he um my parents are religious. Okay. So I think that it took some getting used to, and I kind of I understand that like the thing about these people that don't have friends that are in the queer community or even in different minority groups, um, you grew up a certain way and like everybody has similar my, um, mindsets. Mm -hmm. And when you're growing up in a certain mindset and then somebody comes and blows your mind and helps you realize that there's so many different people in the world and they have no knowledge of them. I can, uh, I can understand that it would be hard to adapt your lifestyle or uh, adapt, adapt your mindset to a uh, not accommodate, but welcome these people into your life, not living a, a similar lifestyle. So you know where I'm getting, right? Yeah, it's 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 always an interesting thing when a new culture mm -hmm. comes into your world. Yeah, whether it be a culture of different countries or a culture of different 
sexual orientation or whatever that culture happens to be. Mm-hmm. Culture right? shock. It becomes a culture shock. It becomes like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. I came from a family that was, my mother was very open in conversations about people are different Mm -hmm. and there's some gay people and there's some straight people and sometimes women like women and sometimes men like men and sometimes they don't. And, and even though I grew up in a very rural part of Connecticut where there, I don't remember there being any gay men or women in my community. I'm sure they were there. I just don't remember them being an active part of my community, but I also remember it not being a big deal when I was introduced to my first group of gay people where it was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I know about, like, I know that happens. Like I know that men like men and women like women. And like, I was aware of it. Like it wasn't something that was like kept from me as like a secret thing or like it was a wrong thing or like it was an unacceptable thing. It was very acceptable in my world to be like, yeah, that's just, that's just who they are. Yeah. It doesn't make them bad or good. It just makes them them. But back then in the nineties, what do you say? Yeah, probably 80s, 90s. It wasn't like gay people weren't that open about it. Correct. It wasn't like something they go around like making it obvious that they are in school like that. Correct. Like today, I feel like it's much more common. I know I had a very flamboyant friend in in uh, high school, I want to say. And he would get picked on a little bit. Um, but he was very sassy, so like, <laughs> yeah, so he could keep up. <laughs> yeah, he could keep up. He'd be like, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but I, yeah, it's definitely more common now. It's it's much easier, I think. Everybody's aware in school that. Well, I mean, I, I speak from from living in Connecticut. Correct. If you live in other states, it's clear, obviously. Yeah, now, Mississippi's like clearly that. not going to have yeah. the same. There's so many states in the middle of the country that are. Yeah, there's just, all over. And if you've traveled at all, you know the difference between yeah. this and that. Or Most whatever. of them don't even travel outside of their state. Most of them don't travel outside of their hometown. That is wild to me. I love yeah. an excuse to leave. i love an excuse to go somewhere i love to to travel and see new shit like i just yeah i love the idea of learning other people's cultures and understanding what makes them them and Mm -hmm. what what it is that has worked for them for so long right to to be a community of people and how this works and how productive it is um there is a part of me that wonders right now for kids how much of it is you're actually gay and part of the queer community and how much of it is you don't fit anywhere else so you're you're deciding to fit there make sure to come back for part two to hear the rest of this discussion